So the basic ingredients for bread are fairly simple and abundant. You need flour and yeast, a little bit of salt, and some water. And when you mix them in certain proportions, these ingredients are all one really needs for bread, right? Well, not quite. <laughs> you know, there's particular ways to mix those ingredients, kneading them that forms the strands of protein, the gluten, the gluten that forms the structure of the bread. But even then, we don't really quite have bread as much as we have really good bread dough. So to transform these four simple ingredients, to change them from their basic form into bread, we need heat. And whether that be the flame of a wood-fired or gas-fired oven or the resistance heat of an electric oven, to change flour, yeast, salt, and water into bread, we need the radiant energy of heat. You know, in the past, I have been asked why Unitarian Universalists light a chalice. And what's it symbolize? What does it really mean? Why a chalice? Why not something else? <laughs> and we talk about the religious heritage that it symbolizes. And here we certainly talk about that symbolism of the light within ourselves. But really, what's that light for? What is that for? What is that about? And for me, I think of this flame, this light, like the flame of an oven. It represents the crucible of change, the possibility of transformation that exists when we are in beloved community. You see, I think this flame, this chalice, represents this congregation. And all of these thoughts stem from a conversation I had with our friend B. Young a few weeks ago after church. She asked me if I thought I had been transformed by my experience, my internship here at Wellsprings. Now, I admit the question caught me off guard. <laughs> because I've been doing a lot of things recently, a lot of working through a lot of things to finish up this internship. And as this comes to an end, I actually hadn't stopped to think about whether or not I'd been changed whether or not I had been transformed by the experience. And I suppose part of the problem is, is that transformation takes place in, in, little, in little increments over time, such that we don't always notice that it's going on, right? Until we look back and remember where we started. That's how real growth works. It works slowly and incrementally. And the only way we know that something has transformed is that we remember what it was like before we changed. You know, for example, I remember when my daughter Sydney was a toddler. And, and one day I was working at the dining room table and Sydney was toddling around. <laughs> and up until that point, she was um, able to just toddle under the dining room table and go back and forth between it, no big deal. But on that day, she had crossed the threshold. <laughs> of growth, such that when that sort of gut-wrenching crack <laughs> happened, we both realized, hey, something's different, <laughs> something's changed. 
and picking her up and wiping away her tears, I was kind of excited. I was congratulating her on how much she'd grown. And I'm sure she felt the transformation in the moment. I don't think she really appreciated it, but you know, <laughs> lesson learned, right? Sometimes transformation isn't easy or fun. So the, the, we're in this series, this, our Spirit Flick series, where we choose movies to, to talk about. And, and earlier um, in the spring, when Ken and I and Robin were, were working out what we were going to preach on, I was looking at the previews for the summer movies. And um, Hollywood has this little penchant this year. Um, there were at least four or five post-apocalyptic end-of-the-world movies. Um, uh, and, and they, well, with big stars, like Tom Cruise did Oblivion, it, no, it was okay. Um, uh, Will Smith was in After Earth, which I didn't even see, it was so briefly there. Uh, World War Z is out now with Brad Pitt, uh, Elysium with, and I'm going to forget his name, is coming out in, a, in another month. And these are all these post-apocalyptic things that I thought, oh, that'd be great for my last sermon. It's the end of the world! <laughs> um, but, you know, it's not the end of the world. And so I picked a bit of low-hanging fruit um, <laughs> with this movie called The Internship. Because, you know, I wanted to talk about what it was like to be an intern here. And, and then I get to go see a movie, too. So The Internship <laughs> is a story of these two middle-aged guys um, who have lost their sales jobs. And they find themselves in a job market that is really, they're really unprepared for. Um, that it, a job market that really uh, privileges youth and technological savvy. And they have neither at all. And uh, they, they manage to talk themselves into an internship at Google. And, and they're the oldest people there, of course. Now, I, I was a little offended at this part of the movie because they were probably in their 40s. And um, I don't really, you know, anyway. <laughs> but, you know, by the end of the movie, they had, in fact, transformed themselves, of course, and as well as the people around them. And the process of, for change for them wasn't easy, and sometimes their bumbling efforts to do this made for the humor of the film. Now, I say, of course, they were transformed because this is a Hollywood movie, and generally speaking, I expect that some sort of change is going to happen and to the characters of a movie. Otherwise, it's probably not a very good story, right? It's kind of where we go. But I also say, of course, because I believe that when we, when they and when we engage in our communities, when we open our hearts at least enough to know and be known by others, that transformation is inevitable. And the only way you can actually stop the change, stop the transformation, is to close yourself off, to isolate yourself to isolate your heart from those around you. So, of course, they were transformed. And, of course, is how I think I answered B's question. <laughs> I don't exactly remember how I... But that's, in my mind, I said, of course. Of course I've been transformed by our work together. But the question made me wonder further, like, how was I transformed? Like, what actually happened? And secondly, in what way... What has actually changed within me? So the how, the how I have been formed from a middle-aged seminarian to a minister has to do with both the ingredients of Wellsprings 
and the heat and the light that you all bring. Like our bread, the ingredients are simple enough. So there's one I want to point out today, one ingredient that's pretty easy to overlook. So I, I kind of think it's like the salt in the bread. So most of you probably try bread and you don't notice there's salt, unless it's not there. And then you notice, you know something's wrong, the bread tastes flat. So here at Wellsprings, I want to point out that this idea of hospitality, we sometimes say radical hospitality, is that ingredient that is so much a part of the life of this congregation that it's easy to forget that it comes from a very specific intention. You know, a few minutes ago, you all got up and greeted each other. And, you know, I've been to a lot of churches, and, and they do something similar. And usually it's, it, it's they, you know, folks stand up, and, and they kind of greet the four winds. They shake hands with the person in front of them. Right here, right here, right here. Turn around, sit down, right? And that's it. whole thing takes, like, 30 seconds, and we're done. <laughs> Um, but not here. <laughs> not here at all. I wish, I wish that each of you would have at least one opportunity to stand up here and watch what happens when you guys get up. <laughs> and the noise. <laughs> and the energy. And I think some of you actually like sit on the aisles so you can jump up and run across the room and hug people that you haven't seen in a while and go meet new people. Um, I'm pretty sure that's how you set yourselves up. And it's extraordinary. People are moving around and smiling and talking and finding new folks to greet. And the energy that really comes from that really is it's breathtaking. And when you stand up here, it's really astounding to experience. And it's also really difficult to get you to back in your seats. <laughs> I mean, there's no like four winds things and I'm sitting down. There's like, okay, come on, we gotta, we, we gotta go on with the day, but here we go. You know, it's this genuine warmth and caring. That, that, that is exhibited there, but it's, it's that sense, it's that feeling that welcomed me here, that welcomes us all when we walk through these doors for the first time and the second time and the hundredth time. And the, maybe the thousandth time. I don't know if we're there yet, but we'll see. It lets people know that they are seen and that they are valued. And beyond that warmth of welcome, that sort of energy that comes out of it, out of there, there's this hospitality that many of us don't even notice happens. It's, you know, it's kind of the hospitality of the tech team. You know it when it's not working. <laughs> Otherwise, hey, it's awesome, right? You don't even realize it. And there's also the hospitality of the folks that come in here early and the ones that stay late that set up and take down the chairs and set up all the tables and everything and all the little pieces of our church. I had a colleague refer to this as the ministry of moving chairs. <laughs> One of my professors referred to it as that. Um, and I agree, it is a ministry. It is a deep ministry of hospitality. And you promise you will know it when it doesn't happen. <laughs> but that hospitality, that, that ingredient, it is, comes from an intention of who we aspire to be in the world. It gives us depth, and it gives us comfort when it's present, even if we don't even realize that's what's going on. 
So another ingredient that kind of gets mixed in here is this sense of open-heartedness. You know, folks don't arrive here at Wellsprings. I know I didn't arrive here fully formed with all our spiritual or religious questions already answered. We arrive here seeking a place in which we can openly ask our doubting questions, where we can test and try our answers and learn from each other's stories. I want to give you an example, something I learned. Several weeks ago, John Jacobs stood here and offered what we call a chargeful living moment. And for those of us that were here, it was a powerful moment. But for me, the words John spoke taught me something that I had never realized and I had been working on for a while. John Jacobs stood here and taught me about salvation in a way that I got it. You know, I've been wrestling with this idea of salvation for quite a while. It's one of those religious terms that I knew from my Christian upbringing, but that I never understood. I didn't understand what that was. And you'd think that somewhere along the lines of seminary, of all the books I've read and the professors I've talked to and all the lectures I've sat through, that at some point I would have figured out what is meant by salvation. What does it mean to be saved? How does one get saved? By what? For what? I just didn't get it. But John was standing here, sharing his story, and he finally taught me about salvation. About being saved every day, every day, by countless people, sometimes dramatically, but mostly, mostly in quiet and simple ways. All the thousands of things that people do to keep me and the rest of us alive, that keep me breathing that keep me able to tell my wife and daughters that I love them. Day after day, in ways large and small, I am saved, and most of the time I didn't even realize it. Not until John talked about what saved him after his car wreck, until he opened his heart and began to point out all the people, both the ones he knew and more he didn't, that saved him. You know, I had spent a lot of time taking it for granted that I would always be alive and breathing when I wake up each morning and I don't do that anymore and for that I am blessed you know there's lots of definitions of this word blessing but one of my favorites kind of a dictionary definition but it's a beneficial thing for which one is grateful something that brings well-being all of you Sharing your stories with one another, sharing your stories with me, sharing your joys, sharing your sorrows, your frustrations, your fears, all of it have blessed me, and all of it is what saves me. Another ingredient. I could go on forever on these ingredients, but we're going to do one more. Another ingredient that that I get here at Wellsprings that I never really understood before or appreciated before is this idea of gratitude. Okay, I was raised in, in a polite household. We said thank you. We wrote thank you notes and all that sort of thing. But um, I don't know that I really understood viscerally that sense of gratitude. And today there is rarely a day that goes by that I don't feel gratitude for something. However, there are many 
many, way too many days that go by that I don't express it. I do not name what it is that I'm grateful for, and especially here, especially here, I feel like I fail to say thank you enough. So if you might, don't mind indulging me for a few moments, I want to thank some folks, both specifically and generally. So I'm grateful, of course, for Reverend Ken, for his openness and his willingness to take on an intern. And he's got a lot of stuff that he does. So to add one more thing is a pretty big leap. I'm grateful for his patience with me. I'm grateful for his confidence in me. And I'm also grateful for the leadership of this congregation. You know, it would have been almost three years ago when Ken first brought my name to the board here and asked if we could take on an intern, if Wellsprings could do that. And nobody on that board, I don't even remember who was on there. I think Carl was part of the board at that point, and I don't remember, Frank probably. They don't know me. <laughs> they don't know anything about me. And yet they trusted Ken, and they placed that trust in me, and they took a risk to invite me here to work with you, to serve with you. And for that, I am really grateful, and thank you. And then our staff, and Becky, and Maria, and Carol, they are always have been willing, they have been willing always to answer my questions, my really dumb ones. And they have always loved and supported me as I have worked through these last couple of years. And I want to tell you that their wisdom and their commitment to this congregation have taught me as much about the kind of minister that I want to be as any of my classes in seminary had ever done. I also want to express thanks today to the band. Yes. Now, believe it or not, there are actually many Sundays when I arrive here kind of tired and cranky and pretty much depleted. And then the music starts. And note by note and word by word, my spirit rises, and I am charged up, and it is a gift, and one that I am ever grateful for. You know, if I'm able to speak to you at all from up here, it is because of this band and the music they play. There's also a team of people here at Well Springs. We have lots of teams at Wellsprings, but this is probably one that most of you have never heard of or didn't even know existed. They are the intern team. And it's these five people who have met with me and observed me and challenged me, critiqued me, welcomed me, encouraged me for the last two years. And the important thing you need to know about them is that they weren't doing it just for me. It really actually wasn't about me as much as I wanted it to be. 
They did all that. They focused their energy and time on, on, on my internship because they believe deeply in what Wellsprings is in their lives and in the lives of this congregation. And they know that one way that Wellsprings can grow into the world to reach more people is to help teach new ministers how this community does religion. They have been incredible guides over the last couple of years. And I want to name them and acknowledge them, and I'm actually going to ask them to stand up if they would. So it's John Jacobs and Carol Hovis and Tony Scullion, Michael Evans, and Lisa Gallagher. Will you guys stand up? Just be acknowledged for a moment. Thank you. Thank you so much. So I can go on. I, could, I really could go on enumerating all these ingredients that, I, that I've seen here, that I've experienced here. But just like the bread, just mixing stuff together doesn't get you to your goal, right? In fact, like the bread, if we just mix stuff together, we just really end up with sort of a gooey mess. So I want to go back to the light of this chalice, to the light and heat that it represents. It is the light that is within each and every one of you that makes transformation possible. It makes my transformation and your transformation and your transformation possible. It's your willingness to take all the ingredients that you find here and let your collective light transform them into something new, something that is no longer the separate ingredients mixed together, but something changed. And I think... That is why we come together in a congregation. We somehow know in our hearts, deep down, that there is something in our lives that needs to change. And we may not be able to point to it. It may not be obvious to us. But we know there's something. And we also know intuitively, down in our bones, that to be alive is to grow and to change all living things grow and change and more vulnerable to that change and here we have found a place where we can bring that vulnerability with the expectation that we will be changed have I been transformed by serving this congregation of course of course I come here as someone who was thinking kind of up in his head thinking about being a minister and I leave here a minister, confident in my path, knowing that I can take everything that you have given me here out into the world. And that transformation, I believe, was only possible because each of you who have held me and supported me and changed me through your generosity of spirit. Yes, I came here to serve this congregation and to learn what is meant to be a minister. So my transformation was intentional, even inevitable. But what about you? What about each of you? I was thinking about this, and here's what I'd invite you to do. I invite you to spend the next year here at Wellsprings on your own internship. Find something Find a way to engage, engage yourself deeply and fully in whatever aspect of Wellsprings that you find the most compelling. 
And then open your heart. Open your heart, open it even further, and look for ways to challenge yourself here. Step into some part of this community that maybe seems a bit scary. Maybe it's in leadership. Maybe it's taking that springboard that you always kind of thought about, but mm, didn't quite feel right. Take one of those ingredients, whether it's hospitality, like I talked about, or gratitude, or openness, or whatever that ingredient is for you that you find resonating, that resonates in your heart. Find that ingredient and cultivate it. Bring your light to it. Bring your heat to it. Make it grow. Make it part of you. Make it part of us. So, as you may have discovered by sort of the length and rambliness of this <laughs> message, I have a tough time saying goodbye. Even I know that I will see you all again. And even as I carry you in my heart, please know that wherever my ministry may take me, Wellsprings is forever a part of me. I have received so many blessings from you, so I offer a simple one in return. May you be at peace. May you know love. And may you pour your peace and love into this world. Amen. Let's pray together. Let's pray. God, we are grateful for this day, for this breath. Man, we are grateful to be alive here. We are grateful for those who save us every day. We are grateful to be welcomed. We are grateful to know one another, and to be known by one another. May we hold our hearts open, wide open and holy, and allow our light, our heat, to transform ourselves, to transform our neighbors, and to transform this world. Amen. If you have enjoyed this podcast and would like to support our ministry, please visit our website, wellspringsuu.org, and click online giving. That's wellsprings, the letters uu.org. Thank you. Mm-hmm.